0: Welcome to Mental Makeover Radio, your go-to destination for meaningful conversations about mental health. I'm your host and your trusted therapist bestie, Cecilia Manella. Join us as we explore the complexities and messiness of human experience by addressing your questions and concerns. I'm here to provide a straightforward and practical therapy advice. So grab your favorite beverage, whether it's tea, coffee, or whatever tickles your taste buds, and get ready to embark on a mental makeover. Hello and welcome to Mental Makeover Radio. I am Cecilia Manella. I am super happy that you're here. We are talking about all things connection today, all things about connection and relationships, and we are going to dive into Judy's question around how to facilitate some connection with the demands of life. Now, I know this is a super hot topic, and this is a little bit of scraping the surface of some things that I'm sharing with you If you have more questions about it, I love to hear more about you. You can hit us up on the podcast itself with some Q&As, or you can go on to Instagram our social and uh, let us know if you have any questions about today's episode. So let's just dive in. Judy asks, how do parents in the thick of it of raising tweens and teenagers in their household where social and emotional and time demands are really, really high? How do they maintain uh, time in their relationship and connection so she says i'm forty two my husband and I have two children involved in extracurricular activities doing well in school, helpful around the house with social um, with active social lives and lots of needs to meet now thank you for this question Judy I think this is going to resonate with so many people um, as we dive into this conversation about connection so maintaining connection in a relationship, Um, on top of everything else that we're all doing, um, can be really challenging and, in fact, can feel almost impossible at times. And I would say and I would argue that disconnection is the biggest challenge for most people in relationships today. We are inundated with multiple demands on our time and expectations. We're expected to be achieve all these things. We're, we're expected to have all this extra time to do all the things, especially as parents. And there's not really a lot left over for relationships. So we don't have a lot of downtime. That's just the truth. You know, we live in this time where we are super connected through our devices, yet we're actually not necessarily connected in our relationships. So we're the most disconnected connected that we've ever been, which is a bit confusing at times um we don't have a lot of that dime time or leisure time and if we do people are so exhausted and tired that all they want to do is veg out and sleep and i don't blame you because i have been there i'm there a lot i also want to veg and sleep and so maintaining connection and relationship requires a lot of intention And we're going to dive into that in our current hustle culture and i'm not all talking about just hustling with the work culture or side hustle culture that you see a lot all over the place But also the hustle around activities and additional demands on our time, there really isn't a lot of leftover for relationships. And most relationships just get the leftovers. They're not really the main meal, so to speak. They get the leftovers of everything else. Um, I truly believe that our current lifestyle makes it almost impossible to maintain a thriving relationship with intimate partner. And I see it happening all around me. I see it in my practice. I see it in friendships. I see it in my community. We are, you know, so disconnected and that this is disconnection over, you know, increases over time. And the gap between two people slowly gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And when they finally release really realize how deep that disconnection is, it can feel a little bit too late to do anything about it. I really do believe this is why the rates of separation and divorce are as high as they are. Um, it's not because we don't want to be in relationships anymore, because I, we are built for relationships. We're built to be connected and in tune with another human. I think the demands on our time are increasingly um, more dire and there is just more um, requests being made of us. So with social media, not even just social media, but with the advent of technology, we have the ability to constantly be on devices and constantly be giving, giving our time, giving our energy that we're not actually curating that time anymore. That is just for our relationships. And what's really interesting is research done by Dr. Julie and John Gottman, who are the big um, relationship gurus out there, and they have their own research um, facility and center in the U.S., um, found that most couples wait about three to five years too long to get couples therapy. Um, They put off getting help you know, so long that by the time they get to counseling, it's their last ditch effort to save their relationship. And most of the time it's actually too late. So I see this in therapy all the time people come as their last, this is their last effort to fix things. And in fact, if it's your last effort, chances are, it's a little bit too late. So we are, constantly battling disconnection so i want to talk about how to prevent this from happening i i wanna you know um help people find connection as much as possible and in fact i feel like i'm on a mission to help people build sustainable connection to themselves first but also connection to others and we deserve thriving loving relationships you know and we deserve to take a stand against disconnection and make connection an actual priority I think the biggest mistake we make in relationships is thinking that it just happens naturally. You know, we see the movies and the happily ever after and people go off into the sunset and then that's just it. There isn't really a lot of models or discussion about, you know, how do we make connection a priority and how do we stand up against things that create stand up against things that create disconnection in our relationships. And it takes a lot of intention. And this is the work that we talk about in relationships. When we say relationships take work, what we mean is, is that it takes work for that intention to happen. It doesn't just magically happen. So I'm going to dive into some um, ideas for anyone who's listening. um, And for you, Judy, thanks to this question around how to create more connection in your relationship. So the first thing to do is really about making your relationship a priority. And we often have so many other priorities on our list that we actually don't really have a priority list anymore. What we have is a to-do list, and it's actually not a priority list. So the definition of a priority is one thing above everything else. So that means that you actually cannot have more than one priority. So this idea of having multiple priorities is kind of bullshit. Um, there's this really great book written by Greg McEwen called Essentialism, and he discussed in his books how humans can only really hold one priority at a time, and it's connected to the way how our brains actually function, that we can only really truly hold one priority. We don't have the ability to hold multiple priorities. We think we multitask and that's what we do. We multitask, but we're not actually holding multiple priorities. It's one thing over everything else. He also says that our efforts to have multiple priorities actually doesn't work and that it robs us from feeling fulfilled in life is by trying to juggle multiple priorities at the same time. And the fact that happiness and thriving comes from one priority, one thing at a time. So if you were to make your relationship a priority, what would have to change? It's a really deep question. And I want you to really ask yourself, Are if you say, oh, I already make my relationship a priority, I want to know how do you know that you're making your relationship a priority? Because often parents make their children the main priority and they lose track of the relationship, thinking that they'll get back to the relationships once the kids are older and they're launched and they're doing their own thing. But when kids get older, the disconnection in that relationship is so deep that often this is when parents separate. This is like the rate of divorce and separation is quite high when children reach that kind of mid-teen to late-teen, early adulthood age, once the kids are all launched often people look at each other and they say like, I don't really like you anymore. I don't even know you anymore. Uh, We don't fit anymore. We're not compatible anymore. Um, And this is where a large portion of separation and divorces actually happen. So making your relationship a priority means that you are attuned to first your needs, your wants and your desires, as well as the needs and wants and desires of your partner. It means that these needs are the number one priority Because your family is dependent on your relationship thriving. A thriving relationship makes for happy and secure parents. So the partnership feels secure and feels connected. And as an effect, what happens is that children feel secure in that relationship as well in that family dynamic. So the problem when we make kids a priority in the center of everything is one we kind of like raise kids to think that they're the center of the universe, and that's problematic in and of itself with very little humility, but the relationship cannot be dependent on the children. It should be the other way around. The kids are dependent on the health of the relationship. So remember, you know, when your kids launch into adulthood one day and we really want them to launch, um, you're going to be left with each other. And if you know, you have to make this relationship priority in order for your your relationship to survive parenting and you want to thrive as you navigate raising children and the challenges that come with that. So, connection is actually really important, and making your relationship a priority is actually really important. Now, it can feel a little bit counterintuitive to put your relationship before your children, and I totally get it. I get, I understand that. Um, and I'm not necessarily talking about newborns in a sense. When you have a little human, you know that keeping that human alive is actually really important. It's more about when you're talking about when they're older and when you need to really make that relationship a priority. And I would argue that even with like small children, the relationship still needs to be a priority, you know, while you maintain, you know, keep a human alive, this baby alive um, and, and parenting, but to, to survive that and to do that really well and to end up with a thriving relationship is about making the relationship a priority. And I know it can feel weird to say it, that the relationship comes first, um, but that's really what makes the difference in a thriving relationship, especially through parenting. But here's the thing, like your kids don't benefit from being the center of your world and the center of the family. Like they just really don't. They also need to see a healthy and thriving relationship model to them so that they can actually recreate that in the future. So it's really important that the marriage, the relationship is actually the main priority. And so I want you to shift your focus and think about making your relationship a priority. The second thing I want you to think about, and this might require a little bit of journaling, is identifying small acts of disconnection. Now with the lens of making your relationship a priority, it's important to identify these small acts that lead to disconnection. And they happen really easily. And so no judgment, I'm not judging, no pointing fingers. I just really want you to take some inventory because we often discount the small things that hurt us. We rationalize them and we say things like they're just having a bad day or they're just in a really bad mood or they're always, you know, this is just the thing that they're really picky about. all the things that we do. And that's what we do. We excuse away the small acts of disconnection, but the problem is that they odd up over time. It's kind of like that saying like death by a thousand cuts, right? So it seems really small, but over time it becomes problematic. So you know, in these small acts of disconnection, we feel unappreciated. We feel that like we're not seen, we're not heard or we're not valued. Um, It can be really simple as something as like not putting your dirty clothes in the hamper or not cleaning the dishes or not cleaning up after a mess or turning away from a hug or a kiss or turning away from someone's reach for connection, for physical connection. You know, these little tiny things can add up over time. We often think that it's the big things that cause disconnection, you know, like a really big fight. But what I know to be true, and I'm going to tell you this from somebody who has been in a therapy room for many, many years, is that small acts of disconnection are cumulative over time. Okay. So they add up and what happens is they add and they add and they add and they lead to big disconnection. So com- disconnection compounds over time. So they lay on top of each other until one person in the relationship feels potentially so unheard, so isolated or lonely, it leads to a conflict. It leads to those big fights. Okay. So I want you to take note. I want you to notice all the ways in which you show small acts of disconnection. So I'm calling you into this, both partners. And I want you to think about the ways in which your partner may show small acts of disconnection. I want you to write this down. I want a list. Now, this is not to start a fight. This is not about finger pointing. This is about bringing attunement and awareness to yourself and awareness to your partner. So we cannot change what you don't acknowledge. Self-awareness is key when we're talking about creating some change. So I want you to take stock of in which ways that you potentially are showing small acts of disconnection and ways that your partner is showing small acts of disconnection. Once we do that, I want you to go into my third tip, which is small acts of connection. So we want to replace the small acts of disconnection for small acts of connection. Again, connection doesn't have to happen in a big gesture, this big gesture of love. Um, And in fact, I would say it's all, it's actually the small things that actually make a difference. The big things are great. Don't get me wrong. Big gifts are great. I'm not going to say no to something sparkly. I'm not going to say no to a lovely dinner out in some fancy place. But I can tell you that it's not those big things that actually make the biggest amount of difference. It's actually the small things that make the biggest amounts of difference over time. So I know that the demands on your time can feel really overwhelming and small acts of connections are actually really easy to integrate into your daily life. And don't really require too much planning, too much, too much like interference with your day. It doesn't require a lot of money, and often requires no money. Um, it just means that you're tuning to some connection. So, what is the first step around creating small acts of connection? You're you're gonna guess it because I need you to write this down. Uh, you're gonna actually have to write them down. You're gonna have to write out the things, all the things that make you feel connected in a relationship. And I want you to get really specific and even really granular, like really, really picky, if you want to call it that, around how the small things that make you feel connected. The more detailed, the better. So I want you to let go of assuming that your partner knows what you need and you want. That's absolute bullshit that's been fed to us by Hollywood. That doesn't exist. Okay. It's just, think about it this way. Personally, I barely know what I want and need moment to moment. How the hell could my partner ever guess the right thing that I need at the right time? It's actually impossible. So, this assumption really sets each person in a relationship up for failure that somehow we measure love based on their ability to predict what we want and what we need. And that's just impossible. So, I want you to make a list of all the things, something as simple as you make me coffee on the weekends, to you know, um, you plan time out together or, you know, you put your shoes away or, you know, you give me a hug when I come home, you greet me, like all the small things that actually add up over time that make you feel connected to each other. I want you to make a list, both people to make a list. And then I want you to share it with each other. Again, this is for a purpose of connection this is a purpose of conversation. This is not to start conflict, not pointing fingers of who's doing a better job and who isn't doing a good job. It's not keeping score. We're not doing any of those things. This is about creating a conversation around connection. That's really important. I know that what's gonna happen is you're going to notice there are many, many small, simple things that your partner likes to increase connection. And you're also going to know that you like really small, simple things to create some connection. And here's the thing. There is such a thing as a connection loop. And when one person feels connected, they're more likely to engage in connection. Okay. We're not, you know, doing the tit for tat where it's like, well, I'm not doing it until you do it. We're not doing that. We are just feeding into it because here's the thing when you feed into the relationship and you do the things that you know, that help your partner feel connected, you feel more connected to them. That's just the way it goes. When we give freely from love, it actually feels really good. It helps me feel more connected just by giving in service to my partner, to the relationship, that I'm doing the things that help that that person feel connected, makes me feel connected. That's the trick of it. And so, again, connection compounds over time. So when we feel more connected, we tend to reach out more often for a partner for more connection and it creates this feedback loop. So if I give to my partner and I do the things that he wants in our relationship to create connection, not only do I feel more connected to him, he actually then feels more connected to me and he's more likely to give me the small little things that make me feel connected. And when he does that, he feels good. He feels connected and we create this feedback loop. Okay. So it's really important to know that it's small things over time. It doesn't have to be really big, but it's knowing what your partner actually needs and wants and desires for connection and for you to be honest and vulnerable about what you need for needs, wants, and desires for connection. Okay. So this requires a bit of vulnerability from both of you. My fourth thing is schedule time together and yes, I'm talking about intimacy. I'm talking about sex. So how often are you scheduling uninterrupted time for you and your relationship? I'm guessing if you're like most couples, you're not doing this very often because I find that most couples are actually not doing it as often as they probably need to. And it turns out to be, well, we plan a couple holidays a year and we have like, we try to have a date night once a month or once every couple months. I'm telling you, that's not enough. And mainly we don't do this is because we're not making the relationship a priority. Everything else becomes a priority. It becomes running the kids to their activities. It becomes to get into the thing, caring for everybody else, doing all the things that we're responsible for or things that we have um, responsibilities to. And we make the relationship basically the last thing on our list. And again, we're making it a priority. So it's the top one, right? We're trying to make the relationship, the top priority and the one and only. So we're backing to, To making the relationship a priority and here's the thing you schedule things that are important to you i schedule things that are important to me and so your relationship needs to make it to your calendar it just does i mean i i write in my calendar dentist appointments important for me to show up so of course i need to write things in my in my calendar about my relationship because that's also important to me so this doesn't mean Scheduling expensive dates. I want to be really clear about that. It has nothing to do with scheduling dinners out and drinks and all the things that that adds up over time. Because I know that a lot of us, a lot of people are constrained by finances. And so this isn't about expensive things. It means, you know, making your relationship a priority. So it can be a 10 to 20 minute conversation every single day. To talk to each other about anything besides the children. So no talking about kids. Um, It's that time together to remember that you've chosen this human to do life with. You've picked this person and you need to remember why you picked this person and your partner, your partner picked you too. And it's important for them to remember why they picked you. You have picked each other out of all the people of all the humans possible on this planet. You have picked each other to do life with and you need to remember that you like this person. And we do, we spend time with people we like. So this is the bare minimum around scheduling some time every single day to have some points of a connection. So this is time without phones, without devices, without TVs, without distractions. We're putting it all off, no notifications. Everything is silent for just an interrupted time together. And everyone's got 10 minutes. I'm telling you, you got 10 minutes. Everyone's got 10 minutes a day because I can guarantee that if I went on your phone and I looked at how much time you're spending scrolling on whatever app that you actually would like to use or a game that you're using or something you're doing with your phone, I can guarantee it's more than 10 minutes a day. And if you've got 10 minutes a day to hang out on Instagram or hang out somewhere else, you've got time for your partner. So I'm calling everybody out on this because what we need to do is have attunement. So you need, you know, you can even be silent and just hold each other, cuddle, touch each other, have some proximity because it's about the attunement. It's about attention and it's about proximity to each other. Okay. So it's about being um, in each other's space, physically being together, giving each other attention, sharing space and time with each other, just like you did when you were dating. Okay. We did this all day. You need to do it again. So the question I get asked a lot is like, should we schedule sex? Yes. By far, yes, you need to be scheduling sex. And sex isn't just intercourse, it's about just having intimate time. Okay. You may think that it's not sexy and you want it to be really spontaneous. And I hear you. But how's spontaneity working for you? Probably not that great, especially with kids in the house, teenagers in the house, extracurricular activities, jobs, potentially caring for elderly parents or other relationships, friendships, everything you've got going on. It's not working that great. Okay. And I'm going to challenge you to think about it just a little bit differently. So you scheduled sex from the beginning of your dating relationship. Now you're going to argue and say, no, we didn't. But yes, you did. Because we all do actually. And when we date, when we meet someone and we're dating them, we actually schedule sex. We set a date to see each other. Okay. And we're anticipating that date and we prepare we pick out our clothes, we take a shower, hopefully, Um, we anticipate sexual intimacy, we think about what that's going to be like, if we are going to look forward to it or not, if we've been with this person before, if it's the first time, second time, fifth time, 10th time, whatever it is, we all do this, okay? This is scheduling a date for sex. That's what we did when we're dating. And then we get into relationships, and we think it should just be spontaneous. But in fact, it requires more scheduling, okay? So, If you schedule time for intimacy, what it does is it helps build anticipation and anticipation is really sexy. We flirt more often. We have something to look forward to. And it's just not about intercourse. We're talking about sexual connection. We're talking about building erotic energy and building that connection with the demands of life, work, and family. I'm telling us scheduling time actually works. Trust me, try it. Let me know. Okay. My last tip, number five, around building more connection that is a bit more sustainable in your relationship when there's so many demands is getting back to curiosity, always be dating each other. How often are you curious about your partner? If you've been together for a while, chances are that you think you know them really well and you know you probably do a little bit and you think that they know you really well and they probably do a little bit too. But here's the thing, that that's actually not really true. We are in a constant state of change and growth and we are that attuned to our partners and their change. We just create the familiar and we just kind of go with it. So we like to believe that the person that we're in love with and we spend time with and the person that we pick picked to do life with is this constant person that we fell in love with. We think, you know, that that's just the way that they are. And in some ways they might be. But they're also changing along the way too. Life changes us, experiences changes us. Being a parent changes you, job changes, De- you know, grief, death, death of parents, the challenging things, um, changes in friendships. So many things change us. And it actually should change us, or else we'd be stuck being the same person forever. And that's becoming really boring. And humans are not boring. Humans are magical because we're constantly changing. So I want you to lean into curiosity about your partner look at them with a new lens as if like if I were to meet you today, what would I want to know about you? Okay. What am I curious about you? So this is about always dating your partner. So when we initially date, again, if we're going all the way back to a dating relationship, we are really curious about the other person, this other human that we find attractive. We ask a lot of questions. We're captivated by learning new things about them and we make an effort to get to know each other. Okay. So showing interest and how our partners are changing and growing can actually feed that connection loop again. Okay. So you notice the theme we're like filled, we're building this connection loop in the relationship. So seeing them as evolving humans is essential. So I, you know, a really great question to ask yourself is, you know, am I genuinely curious about my partner? You know, and what does genuine curiosity mean? It means I ask questions that I don't know the answer to. So treat your partner with as much curiosity as you treat your kids. We show our kids so much curiosity about their day, who they are, who they're developing into the kind of adults that are coming, the kind of humans are turning into. And we so easily lose this open curiosity with our partners because we want to rely on them. Okay. So this is like, it's a bit of a double bind in relationship. We love them. And love is about security and knowing. Okay. So love is about the security. And, but we need to maintain some level of mystery, which is, you know, sometimes can be really hard, but it's really easy to do if you sit in a place of curiosity, because none of us are the same person we were five years ago and five years from now, I sure hope I'm not the same person I am today. I hope there's more evolution for me too. And there's more evolution for you. Okay. So these are the five ways easy kind of like tricks of the trade of creating a little bit more connection. Judy, I know your question is going to resonate with so many people and uh, we can all find ways to create more connection and relationships. And basically for facing the competing demands on our time, we have to be really intentional about connection and we need to um, implement some things into our life that can be really consistent and I'm on a mission to help people create and maintain sustainable connections in their life. You know, we are social creatures and we need connection to thrive. I fundamentally believe the reason we're having such a mental health uh, crisis, you know, in the world right now is because of our lack of connection. We're meant to be in connection with each other. Okay. Um, I hope you found this episode helpful and I'd love to hear from you and all the listeners um, how you're integrating some of these tips into your relationships. If you think someone in your life could benefit from this episode, please feel free to share it with them. I would just love um, for everyone to have more connection in their life. Thank you for being part of this meaningful conversation. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to hit like subscribe and follow button on your preferred platform your support you know means a lot to me and fuels the growth um, of this podcast This show wouldn't be possible without you so take a quick look at our show notes uh, for convenient link on how to submit your questions for a chance to be featured on upcoming episodes thanks again for being part of the mental makeover community until next time be bold be brave be well